Good Nerev Shabbos, good Nechadesh. Before we go to the Nyani Hashkafa, just a few halachas that are nageya. Based on the Shailus from the week, many of you had asked what the din would be, benageya to shaving and taking a haircut. A very unusual situation this particular time of year. Svira for those holding the first Svira. Obviously, usually go straight, and due to the fact that Rosh Chedesh is on Erev Shabbos and Shabbos, and we have a double covet of shaving and taking a haircut and looking better for Shabbos and for Rosh Chedesh, many Peskim hold that one is allowed to shave and take a haircut, even if you're holding the first sphere. The question is for those who normally hold of Rabbi Yudah Chassid, as an Indian alpinister, not to shave and take a haircut on Rosh Chedesh in general. What is the din on an Erev Shabbos the rest of the year, Rosh Chedesh? Question what the sheet of the Mishnah Bur is all year round. It's not a chiv in the first place to hold of the Kepeda, but many do. And question number one is what do they do the rest of the year when Rosh Chedesh falls on Erev Shabbos? And question number two is there any difference between that, even if they're Machmer, not to shave and take, take a haircut and they go into Shabbos, Shabbos, what's a Chumar, what's a Kula. But if they choose to be Machped and Rabbi Yudah when it comes to Rosh Chodesh, even though it's Arab Shabbos, what would the din be during Sphira? Ramesha and Rabbi Yankov, Rabbi Yoshev, and others held that since it's coming two weeks into Sphira and it's been many days since he was able to shave or cut his hair, it's more of a Shasat Chak, so to speak one is allowed to shave and take a haircut on a pernied basis when it comes to this particular Erev Shabbos, even though it's Sfira, even if he normally is makbed on the Bibi Dachasid, not to shave on Rosh Chedesh. So I told this to many people I'd asked, and they said, well, is it a chiv? Is it an to do it? Can't say it's a chiv, because there's still some who hold that if you're makbed all year round on this Rabbi Dachasid, you should not be shaving a Rosh Chedesh, even though, as we just mentioned, many of the Delia Peskim are mekel. So you can't say it's a chiv. One could perhaps say it's an Indian. It is based on the cover of Rosh Chedesh and Shabbos. I would perhaps suggest a pshara in between of those who have a sphere of beard and they want to trim it and they feel they'll look fine after they just neaten up. And if they need a haircut, take a haircut to the extent they need it. That would possibly be a pshara. But either way, certainly have what to rely on to take a full haircut and shave if one would like to. Plenty what to rely on. And for those who don't, you can't say they're being over on this Indian of COVID if they want to be mocked on the Rabbi Dachasid, even in this situation. So those are the possibilities. As well, there are other inyanim that happen during Nisan that some hold are restricted to Nisan. And that brings us to Birchus Ilanus. Some say that there's a strong lechatchila to do it during Nissan. Many others hold that if you can't, especially in cold climates, especially in New York this year, it's a cold climate in general, and this year it's been even colder. If you don't have trees that are in bloom, you can still do it next week and the week after, as long as they're coming out, the buds are coming out, and there are a fair amount available already now. So if all things are equal and you can still do it today, if you get this video before Shkia or even tomorrow, 
there's an Indian. Otherwise, try to locate one next week. There's no chiv at all in any given year, but it is a very nice Indian and a beautiful brocha to be able to get out and say. And especially in the Muncie area, there is plenty available. Third item, which is most common shayla after any Pesach, and we'll do a very quick review of the shitas and some of the issues in the Metzias, and that is where can you buy chametz after Pesach. So we'll focus on Muncie, New York area, but a lot of these rules apply wherever you might be buying food, and that is as follows. The tiered system, which I'll suggest, three categories, three gradations, First one is to buy from a from own store. Reason is, well, all year round, sitting in to buy from somebody is from because sitting in to go out of your way, perhaps even pay a little more, if no gea, to give the panasa to somebody who needs it in our communities. The Maila of Chamesh Lava Pesach over here is that these stores often store their own chametz and sell their own chametz. Yes, they're selling chametz gummer, but the sale is absolutely valid. It doesn't have a pickbook, and therefore when you buy, you're not only giving them parnasa, but you're buying Chamesh Lava Pesach without the halachic Chamesh Lava Pesach issue, meaning it was stored there, it was around the Pesach, owned by a guy, and that is tier number one. Tier number two and three have the same issue, and that is if you have a store that's owned by Yidin who are not yet from, but Baruch Hashem, they have agreed to do some mechira, where does that mechira come in terms of l'chatchila, b'dieved? The problem is as follows. Often the non-from owners are doing a mechira, but then continuing to buy and sell and taking product over Pesach. And many Pesachim say that suddenly puts the mechira in the question, some say it invalidates the Mechira, and there are many Peskim that say that the Mechira is still valid, and the fact that they do things that are against the Din, and they sell product that might not be theirs, it might be a Shalaganeva, but it doesn't invalidate the Mechira. So it certainly is what to rely on if the Mechira is done for both the categories, two and three. Category two, let's say in his neighborhood, stop and shop, Target, they are not owned by Yidin, but they are supplied by CNS, which is still a privately held company, a very large company, one of the largest suppliers of grocery items in America. And the good news is they do a mechira. The other news is, is that there's still some buying and selling and delivering. And so the same question, is that invalidated? Is that make up a dievid? Is it still a chatchila? So they're not owned by Yidin, but they are supplied. At least it's another layer of suffering. We don't know when the supplies came in, what they owned before. So that I'll call tier number two. Tier number three, which is still, can't say it's usher, you can still shop there is what to rely on, but in comparison with the other two, you have a place, let's say, like ShopRite, happens to be Jewishly owned. They do a mechira, and mechira is the same shayla for anybody who's doing a mechira and not yet from, and therefore continuing to buy and sell. Would that invalidate the mechira? There, it's not a question of the supplier. It's the supplier also, but it's a question of the actual ownership so those are the three options. There's what to rely on by all of them, but that would be the pecking order in a very, very short uh, glimpse of a complex sugya. People also want to know about the timing. There's no exact science. There's no teremesinai, but certainly by the shvuist time, the end of May, certainly mid-June, the end of June, depends on the product. Beer has a longer shelf life. The turnover is less, but Certainly, as time goes on, there's more sfekas, more layers of sfekas in terms of the supply, in terms of whether it's Chamesh Lofa Pesach, and then we rely on the sfekas, Suffolk, Dorbam Lakula, the Isra Chamesh Lofa Pesach. 
Those are the three alochas I want to touch upon. In future weeks, we will be hopefully starting to touch upon the shayla in everybody's mind, and that is the issue with the rents and tuitions and play groups and the like. And uh, Mitzvah Shem will get to that in the coming weeks. Parshas Mitzvah. We find something very, very interesting. I think everybody knows the Rashi. The placement of the Chazal and the Rashi is what requires some thinking. Beginning of Mitzvah, it talks about the end of the Yeshiv Badad. He's already been sitting separate. He had his days that he fulfilled. He's now in the Taira process, and he's already finished Lachaira, and the instructions are what to do when you're finished. Keep in mind, he's already healed Baruch Hashem. Shuva that he did, Lachar is accepted. All the details here, obviously, like any chaik, are very, very deep, but Rashi gives us a small insight into some of the reasons and musr behind it. So Rashi is going to explain the two birds, the eight eres, cedar tree, very tall and strong tree, shni, salas, the ezav, ezav is a very Short little plant. Shnitalas is Pashapshad is something that's dyed red, but talas is also lushan of a worm. That's where Rashi is going to be coming from in the Chazal's Drosha here. And gives the instructions on what to do. Rashi says, What is the symbolism, so to speak, of the Tsipar? So Rashi says that a tzipar is chirping all the time, and one of the primary reasons that Saraz comes is for people who are involved in Lashon Hara, and they're talking too much, gets them into Lashon Hara, and hence the remez of the tzipar. Eitz Erez, Rashi says, is based on the fact that the Gaim come also from Gases Ruach, people often looking down on others, speaking Lashon Hara, looking for the bad in people and causing machlekes, are Bale Gaiva, we would say, Today, they have low self-esteem, and they act like Balagaiva. Whatever the psychological underpinnings, Lamaisa Rashi says that the Eitzeres is the haughtiest of trees and represents the fact that this is coming from Gaiva. And Shni Salat Ve'ezoiv, Rashi says, He should remove his Gaiva and become humble like the Talas, like a lowly worm and a lowly Ezov. So the kasha is obvious. Why is his remez being given to him now? This is the end of the process. This is when he had his refua. This is lachar when he had his kapara and he did tshuva already. Why is his remez coming now? So the kasha is raised. By many of the I saw a very nice mahalach in the sefer Tarli Benu. He says that there are two parts to tshuva. The easier part is to put yourself in a matzah where you're not going to do the Avera because you don't have access to it. A Ganov who doesn't steal because he has nothing to steal might still have an Atiyah toward Geneva. This fellow has been sitting apart, Yeshev Bodod, Machana, and he has nobody to talk to. It's quarantine. So if he's alone, we hope he's not going to talk Lashnar. Unfortunately, today somebody could be quarantined in the house and be 
typing Lashon Hara, reading Lashon Hara, blogging, and all sorts of various chameris. In the olden days, if there was nobody there, there's nobody to talk to. So for us, it's a bigger Nisayan. And the fact is that for the past week, he hasn't done the Avera that caused the Tsaras. So one would think that, okay, he's clean, and that's why near Tsaras, Kain is coming, and he's out of his quarantine. Comes the Pasuk, and comes the Tzivoy, and Chazal explained, the Rem is, is that you're not really about Tshuva. You didn't really fix the problem if for a week or two you didn't have the problem because you didn't have access to the people who are facilitating the Avera, the people to talk to, and cause the Machlekes of Lashon Hara. It doesn't mean that you're healed. It doesn't mean that you're finished. And the Tshuva process, in reality, is the long process of trying to uproot, which is an Aveda for your whole life, to try to uproot the Midas that cause these things, the Gaiva and the Kas and the Kina and the Sinna, and to work on the positive, to work on all the things that caused in the first place, not just separating. Separating is the Suomei Ra, that's the first step. But you're not finished. So these are Muslim, you are acting like an Erez, Gaiva, insecurity. You should be, rather be acting like the humble Ezev and the, the worm, and you shouldn't be talking more than you have to, which often leads to Lashon Hara, when you finish talking about the weather and the good things in people, and hence the remez of the Tzipur. He brings an interesting riot to this Hishtalshul's Hadavarim from a famous Maisa, Marmbah Basra, talks about in Kuvyud, Paldik Amaisa talks about the grandson of Meshur Abenu. This would be Lashonar in itself if Chazal wouldn't tell us about it. The Pasuk tells us about it. Stama, Shaila, not for now. Why do we have some Sukkim and stories in Tanakh and Gemaras that seem to be shedding a not so positive light on some good people who are struggling? Isn't that Lashonar? So apparently the Torah, Chazal decided there was a clear us here not to be extrapolated to cases that we think are a Teles unless you know Hilchaz Lashonar well. But the Pasuk and the Gemara explains does tell over a story about the grandson of Meshur Abenu, son ben Gershon, ben Meshur Abenu. And the reason he was famous in his time and somewhat infamous during the Tekufa before he did Tshuva Shlema is because, believe it or not, he was the Galach by Pesel Micha. Pesel Micha was a problem in Klaesol in the time of the Sheftim. Pesel Micha already left with them from Isis Mitzrayim, and it was a very... Uh, we would say, small issue because it was only being followed by a very, very tiny minority, but and they should have done something about it. Matter of fact, they paid dearly by Pelegash Begiva because part of the Kaas and Shemayim was that for my covet, Akash Baruch who said, you didn't object, and for the covet bus of Adam, you fought a Muhammad. And they should have eradicated it. And they didn't, it was going for a while. And that a small setup there, and the pestle was there, and he needed to hire a very good PR man. So, quite a find. He found somebody with Yichus, second to none in Klai Yisrael, the grandson of Meshur Abenu, and he hired him as the Galach. Now, Yenison didn't really believe in this because he was still from in all the aspects, and people used to come, and he actually on the side used to talk him out of it and said, don't do this, why don't you just bring some food, which was put to use uh, by him, and he knew, and he tried to explain to them the pestle doesn't really eat much anyway, and this went on for a while. People would come and be shocked when they found out who it was. And they asked him, what are you doing here? And Meshav Ben's grandson. And he said, I have a Kabbalah from Isaiah that you need a Parnassah, you should even be a Galak by an Avarazar operation rather than not have the Parnassah and have to come on to the Staka. 
And they said, that's not the pshat. It means do something that's not avodah zara. It's an avodah that's zara to you, something that's foreign to you, something that you would normally do. He said, no, that's not the pshat. The pshat is the pasha pshat. He was wrong. He was very wrong. Obviously, he friend for himself, and he was Malamis Chus himself, that he doesn't like the job. It's not appetizing, a little embarrassing, but it's paying the bills, and they were paying him a very nice salary because he raised the level of the piercing on the operation. And it went on for a while, far too long, and it was still around when David Melech became king. David Melech got rid of the operation, and he hired him away from the operation. That helped it fold. And he appointed him as the Secretary of the Treasury, which is a very, very well-paying job. He did that badafka because he saw that he had a weakness for money and he needed the parnasa. And after that, he didn't go back to Pesamicha, and that was the end of their operation, and he almost lived happily ever after. David Amel did something decisive to solve the problem. He knew Betsim he was from, and he gave him a good job, Kavaldik. Problem is that he did chuva then, but later on, when Shlomo became king, there was a shuffling of the administration. Not a taina of Shlomo Melch necessarily, but certainly an oversight because it would have been better had he not lose his job. But apparently a new cabinet was brought in, like you have a new president, Lahavdil, and he lost his job, and there was another fellow who became the Secretary of the Treasury, and he now didn't have a job, and he floated back to something like the Peselmicha operation, which means the problem was temporarily fixed, but he didn't uproot the taiva for the money. And the good news is, later on, it says in the Psukim that he really did Shuva Shlema, and he fixed it up once and for all, and he never went back, and maybe didn't have a great panasa, but he didn't go back to these Averas. But until then, it's an obvious example of somebody who might think that they fixed the problem because now I have a good job, and therefore I'm not doing whatever I was doing before, in this case, working for a base of Arazari, even though he tried to convince people out of it, or whatever they were involved in that wouldn't be that savory and wouldn't be that mutter, but they felt they had to do it for their panasa. And then the panasa got better, and they thought they were healed and everything was solved. But unless the etzamida is uprooted, it never really goes away. And that could be a lifelong struggle, and our job is to fight the fight. Whether we win or not is... Totally in our tefillahs and our siyat deshmaya. It's very, very apropos. These parshas come always at a time when it's nageya to us. It's designed that way. And Badad Yeshev in the quarantine, as you mentioned at the beginning, speaks to us. And the opportunity over here, as we mentioned four weeks ago at the beginning of this entire challenging matzav, was that people were already complaining they're cooped up and uh, they're around family members and it's in tight quarters and it's causing machlekes and sikhsuch. Kosh Baruch Hu put us in the matzav to be able to be machazic family ties, to be able to have the opportunity to learn with our children, to be able to have the opportunity to give over and to primarily work on our midas. And we might be together with some, but we're very distant from everybody else. And the good news we might think would be, well... I don't see as many people, and therefore I don't get into as many sechsuchim and less Lashon Hara, which is questionable whether that would be true at all, as we find ourselves involved in the news and the comments. But Lamaisa, the fact that we're not seeing as many people and perhaps we're left alone, and therefore there are less opportunities to be over on in Yadam Be'er 
doesn't mean that we're working on a Hatzbech and it doesn't mean that we fix the problem. And what Kosh wants us to do with our Shtadlis, a real introspection, and Tfila, is to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, with Midas HaRachamim, fix the issue, so to speak, in the outside world, that we should have our shuls back up, as measures back, our community back, our friends back, and be able to see each other, be able to come back, not just with the opportunity to practice after the Chamecha, but with the Etzem Mida worked on before we have the opportunity again. And especially during Yemei Sefira, where the primary concern, certainly we learned from Tamid Rebbe Kiva, is the focus on the Chavero, on the Haftalech, Kamecha, many Sidurim print, based on the Arizal, we start the morning and we declare, I'm a Kabbalah myself, a Haftalech, Kamecha. If you haven't been doing that, it's a beautiful minig. And there's no downside, only an upside. Certainly, when we're at home and we have the ability to really think about this, what will we do, Mitzvah Shem, in the very near future, when we see everybody again, when we get to interact, will we go back to some of the old issues that were plaguing the Midas, the Melam Chavero beforehand? Or will we come inspired and with a new Mahalach in thought and in follow-through that we have a plan? We're going to greet people, we're going to look for the good, we're going to be down the Kavschus, we're going to stop reading and talking about the various forms of Tainas and Lashon Hara that perhaps are too much in the atmosphere. And are we going to take the time now to stop and think of where we can curb these things, where we can be misakin, so that Amitz Hashem, very soon, when we get out of our Badad Yeshev quarantine situation, we'll come back with a renewed uh, vigor and commitment to Avas Abrius, Avas Yisrael, Avtabech Kamecha, running from Lashon Har and Metishemra, and really work on the Achtus that Sfira is pushing us to work on, so we can come and Mitzvah Shem to Kabbalah Satera, Belev Echad, Ka'am Echad, Belev Echad, for a real Kabbalah, both for Beron L'Chavero and Ben Adam L'Mokom. A good Nchaydish, a good Shabbos, and Mitzvah Shem, we look forward to seeing everybody at the Shurim next week. We will restart the Navi Shia Sunday morning at 8.45 a.m., as well as the Night Seder, for the kids, and at 8.45 p.m. And Mitzvah Shem, look forward to seeing you all there. Good Shabbos.